this is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. You know that Bob Dylan song, the lyrics for the times they are a-changin'? That is absolutely true with what we're going through here, not just in our own communities, but globally with the coronavirus pandemic. It is affecting our lives in every aspect, at every turn. I've been using, as have others, the term, the new normal. At some point, things will get back to normal, whatever that is, but it will look different from the normal we were used to, hence the new normal. And as part of that new normal, we will have to adjust to the shifts that have occurred. We don't know what those shifts are going to be. We don't know how everything is going to shake out in the next two to six months, the year. Some financial experts are predicting that if we're not already in a recession, we will be heading toward a recession. People are getting laid off from jobs, although local governments are doing their best to forestall that. For example, in my state of Maryland, the governor just enacted and allowed a very large stimulus package for businesses to refrain or at least delay laying off their employees. Not all states are doing that, but other businesses are doing the best that they can for their organizations. One small business restaurant I heard who is accepting gift cards is giving 50% of the proceeds from the gift cards to the employees to try to help supplement the salaries that they're losing. Other companies are actually paying their employees a week early because they know things are different, things are scary, and so they're doing their best to help out and adjust to today's new normal. And that's what I want to get across to you. Today's new normal is different from, my goodness, even tomorrow's new normal. Things are changing on a daily basis and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to expect. In today's press conference, the governor of Maryland said, we haven't reached the peak here in Maryland. Our Cases of positive coronavirus diagnoses are up 638%. And he says, we still haven't reached the peak. And that's probably true for most states here in the U.S. There are some countries in the world that are finally starting to see a decline, like China and Italy. But almost every other country in the world has been affected by this virus. So that's the state of the world as of today. And as I said before, this pandemic and the shift in our lives is affecting everything. And here's what we're noticing in our company, as well as in our clients' organizations and those of our colleagues. Everyone is stressed and productivity is abnormally low. 
As you may have heard me discuss, our primary product is the Company Climate Inventory, which is an 80-plus question assessment that every employee and staff member in an organization takes. We analyze the results, and it gives us a very good temperature reading of what's going on in the organization, the climate, how the employees feel about leadership, management, communication, benefits, their workload, opportunities for professional development, etc. We've decided to halt any company climate inventories that are in process or would have been upcoming in the next few weeks because the results would just be skewed and they wouldn't garner the results that it's supposed to provide because the temperature reading it would take is going to be heavily influenced by the world's events and not just the world's events, but those events that are affecting each of us on a very personal basis. That inventory is designed to assess what's working and what's not in an ongoing longer-term climate. So we've halted it. It doesn't make sense to, one, perform this inventory, and two, to market it right now. I think in the days to come, well, weeks to come, months to come, it's still a great tool, but it's not what's needed right now. Our current situation, and I don't just mean ours here at the Schuler Group, I mean ours as a community, our situation is more immediate and requires a different strategy. We're having to shift. Other companies are having to shift. I just heard that Domino's and Pizza Hut are planning on adding something like 3,000, maybe even 30,000. I might have gotten the zero in the wrong place. Jobs by the end of May because they're going to see that uptake in delivery and takeout. Other art organizations are figuring out how to work remotely or at least how to deliver their products and services remotely. Conferences that were in person in, say, Las Vegas are now going online and being live streamed. When we come out of this, the world's going to look different. At the very least, people are going to say, ah, well, gee, I was able to work remotely from home for two months. Why do I have to go back and work in person five days a week? I was able to, to do my job from home. There could also be the other side of the pendulum swing where people start to value the in-person connection even more. We don't know what that fallout is going to be. In the meantime, though, it's still really important to assess what's going on. You still need to get a read from your employees and staff. And in crisis mode, which many of us are in personally and professionally, you don't necessarily need one more thing to do and add to your list because most of us are doing this is what's most important. This is the priority. But if you don't check in with your people and start to mitigate the fallout from these odd, interesting, and strange times, the damage could last far longer than the current situation. Here are the nine questions you need to be asking your staff and employees now. First, 
rate your stress level on a scale of 1 to 10. This gives you a read on how they're doing. Some of us tend to bury our feelings and emotions, or we have a Superman or Superwoman complex. I can handle it all. I can do it all. But if you have an employee that comes back with a six or a seven or higher, but they're giving off this attitude of, ah, I'm fine. Ah, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. They might need a little bit more support. They might need a private conversation. Question number two, what is your level of productivity on a 100% scale? I'd be surprised if you got an answer of 100%. What I know is as things really started to hit hard, especially here in Maryland where it was a little higher than in some other states, not as high as in others like New York and Washington State, my daughters were home, we had an extra cat at the house, we were trying to figure out where it was safe to go, who it was safe to see. This was before there were really the admonishments from government to social or physical distancing. My productivity that week was awful. My daughter was also working from home, which she usually goes into an office five days a week. Our productivity was horrendous. And we try to be as gentle on ourselves as possible because it doesn't help if in the midst of everything that's going on, you also beat yourself up because, gee, you're not getting near as much stuff done when you don't have the distractions and distractions is a a small, small word to really denote what's going on. It's not fair to expect the same productivity out of yourself. So that's your employees and you as a good manager and leader need to convey that. I don't expect you to be 100% productive. The third question is what is affecting that level of productivity? And that's where you may find out more information like my mother's in a nursing home and now I'm not allowed to see her. And she benefits really well from in-person stimulation. Otherwise, she starts to decline. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle that. You, as their manager, may not be able to do anything about it, but at least you understand. And just you acknowledging and hearing that could be more helpful for your employee than you realize. The fourth question you need to ask is what tangible support or resources do you need in order to do your work right now? Do you need a faster laptop? Do you need a headset so you're not holding the phone to your ear during company meetings? Do you need childcare? Again, you may not, as the employer, be able to provide it, but at least you need to understand what the challenges are, and maybe there is some brainstorming to help solve those challenges. Question number five, what level of emotional support do you need in order to feel more at ease? Now, I will caution you with this question 
because there are some people who are not as emotionally based as others. They are definitely much more logical and linear. And so they may look at you askance when you ask this question with a, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean emotional support? (laughs) I have no idea what you mean by that. And that tells you something too. Other people though, who are more emotionally based will appreciate that question. And I suspect, especially from the results we're seeing, is that most of their answers are going to be things like, I just might need to vent for five minutes, or I might need an extra 30 minutes at lunchtime to call my mom at the nursing home and make sure she's doing okay. Who knows what the answers will be, but you're asking the questions and listening to the answers will do more than you realize. Question number six, how much do you want your manager to check on you personally? Now that goes to work styles. Is someone self-sufficient? Does someone need a little more direction? Or is he or she somewhere in between? This may be a question you already know or you already know the answer to this question. It's still good to check in because it could be different now in these times. Whatever their answer is to that question, try to honor it. Question number seven, what are you doing to practice self-care at home? Again, those answers are going to vary. Those answers will give you insight And they might give you the opportunity to brainstorm suggestions. Question number eight, what are you doing to practice self-care at work? Now, the interesting sideline to this is if they're working from home and they say, well, you just asked me what I'm doing to practice self-care at home. And now you're asking me, what am I doing to practice self-care at work? Isn't it one and the same? No. Because what they might need in their work life, even if it's at home, is going to be different from what they need for themselves in the home portion of their life. Some of these could be practical tips like if you are working from home, designate one area or maybe two if you need to move from one to the other just to change the energy a bit. And don't do work in other places that are more either family-oriented or self-care-oriented. Like, my rule is no electronic equipment comes into the bedroom. We don't have a TV, computers don't come in here, no iPad, no phones, because this is a, an electronic-free zone. So I'm not going to do work in the bedroom. We have a meditation room. <laughs> No electronic devices allowed in the meditation room unless they are music producing devices. So there are places where I am not going to do work, but there are places that we've designated as workplaces. So there's a something that you can discuss with your employees and staff as far as self-care around home versus working from home. And then the last question is, how has the current situation affected how you view the world? For example, if you normally consider yourself a positive person, has this situation changed that outlook? If you normally consider yourself a pessimistic person, 
Has this situation changed that way that you view the world? What these questions are doing are allowing you a deeper insight into the individuals that you work with. There may be nothing you can do to fix, so to speak, any of this, but it will give you insight and your people will very much appreciate the opportunity to be heard and acknowledged. I want to stress that it's really important that you ask these questions sooner rather than later. Community is important like it's never been before. And we have a myriad number of communities. We have our community of family, our community of work, our community of our neighborhoods, our community of our cities and towns and counties and states and our country and, of course, the world. These questions help you create and maintain that community as well as make it stronger. So again, you need to ask these questions. Pay attention to the answers. Then decide what your organization needs to put in place to address what bubbles up. And if this is more than you can handle, that's where we can help. We can administer these questions, analyze the results, report on our findings, and then deliver our recommended actions. It's similar to the company climate inventory I mentioned earlier, but it's on a smaller scale and in response to the global situation that we're experiencing right now. And as the dust settles from all of this, there will be that new normal I mentioned. Things will become normal, but that normal is going to look different from before. And when that time comes, it would be a perfect time to conduct the full company climate inventory to get a baseline temperature and a roadmap for moving forward. At any rate, if we can be of service now or in the future, please reach out to us. In the meantime, let's remember that we're all in this together. And the stronger we are together, the better we're going to come out of this in as much of a positive way as we can. Until next time, may you thrive.